There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Hockey fans, how are you doing today? It's a pleasure to be here with you. It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. This is uh, Season 5, Episode 8, an, uh, an episode we're going to call the Ovechkin. Normally we would uh, go with a little bit more of an old-timey player, but uh, in light of Alex Ovechkin's uh, recent record-setting uh, performances, we're going to call this one the OV. It's co-host Tom here with you, and I'm with, uh, as always, my good buddy co-host Randy. And, uh, you know, when Randy's not tickling twine twice, blazing down the wing and going bar down ski, well, he's getting pucks deep. How you doing today, Randy? Doing pretty good. Uh, it's a Sunday. Uh, Sunday, the Jets just won this afternoon, so, uh, you know, bonus Sunday. A uh, little bit of snow this morning. Typical Winnipeg day. I guess you can't complain. Yeah, the snow was blowing like crazy this morning. I looked out the window when I got up and <laughs> no thanks, I said. <laughs> but uh, actually not really a bad day out at all. Kind of uh, mild and whatnot. But this isn't the weather show. This is the talking hockey show. And uh, like I said off the top, we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit of Ovechkin. Randy, uh, Ovi just scored. Um, he just set two records in the month of November, basically, right? So one was that he broke Gordie Howe's record for the most goals with one team when he scored his 787th goal um, for Washington, and that was back on November 5th. And then just, uh, just the other day, just last week, he passed Gretzky, broke Gretzky's record for most road goals uh, when he scored his... 403rd road goal uh, he scored two against the Canucks to set that record pretty impressive um, Ovi now sits at uh, 793 career goals regular season do you think I mean we we talked about this probably two years ago when it kind of was like maybe this was even just last year when it was kind of like oh Ovi's gonna break the people were like he's gonna he's got a chance to break Gretzky's record and I was like he's never gonna do it and I think you said hey, he's got a shot what do you, you does it seem more likely now like I'm my, my tune's changing a bit <laughs> I think he's too close now that yeah. you have to just like keep doing it like yeah ice baths like in the first intermission it's, <laughs> you know, like you know whatever it takes like you're like you're this close and no one is going to get this close for a long time. Yeah. Like, I think it would it would be that kind of thing where it's like, I wish I would have just kept playing. Like, he's too close. Yeah. Even if he, like, goes... Um, like, he's not slowing down. He's still scoring goals that's, at, that's at, the thing, yeah. at Ovi's pace. So just play, like, five more seasons and, you know, you score 15 or something. You know, he could easily do that. Yeah. Give him power play time. Because the other thing, too, is, like... 
I'm not too, and maybe uh, our, our guest coming up on the show could answer this question for us, but um, I'm not too sure about what Washington's future looks like. So if there's like a massive rebuild right. coming, why don't you just like whatever, let the old guys play it out and yeah, might as well. And 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 uh, you know break the record. But yeah, I, I think he's gonna do it. I don't know when, but you're he's way too close. Um, he's got to go for it. Yeah, at this point of the season, the Washington Capitals are somewhere around tenth or eleventh in the Eastern Conference. Like they're not in a playoff position. Which is kind of crazy because they've been a consistent playoff team for, you know, I don't know about 20 years, but a long time, right? Like ever since Ovi's been around, essentially. Um, and yeah, like you're right. Like if they're kind of going to turn the page, try a little rebuild or whatever, yeah, you might as well just keep putting Ovi out there until he sets the record and you're giving the fans something to cheer about that way. My question for you is maybe if things slow down in Washington and they start, you know, like, again, if you don't build up, you know, their prospects, like in whatever else, and they kind of have an older lineup, do you think, could you see OV playing for a different team to, to, you know, chase that record? I don't think so. Uh, He, I believe he said earlier in his career and, by earlier in his career, I mean like last year. <laughs> he was, he said he, that he would, he wasn't gonna play for another team, except to go to Russia and play when he retires yeah, from the Dynamo. NHL. Yeah, and you know like how Yager went and played for five or so seasons in Russia when he was in his mid thirties, essentially yeah. late prime. Yeah, and then and then he came back to the NHL and played another five seasons. Um, you know, I know uh, Yager's one of the all-time leading scorers and games played and everything in the NHL. Imagine if he hadn't gone to the KHL. So I would I would hate to see Ovechkin leave the NHL to go over to the KHL before he's kind of made a good run at Gretzky's record. So he's not going to go play for another NHL <laughs> team. I mean, anything could happen, but yeah. I I would. Remember those rumors like uh, Ovi going to San Jose like a, like I don't know that was like four years ago or so like mm. I don't yeah again and even uh, when was it last year the Crosby to Colorado rumors oh yeah yeah, like, yeah. that like Crosby I can't see him playing for another team no Malkin I, think... I could I could see Malkin going somewhere else but yeah um, yeah yeah anyways Ovi Ovi ultimately I think he's he's way too close to not give it. Like to not go for it, like he's yeah. gonna break it. Like so, so Ovi, uh, we'll give you a quick rundown of the stats, listeners. Here, uh, Alex Ovechkin, thirteen hundred regular season games played, seven hundred ninety three goals, six hundred forty two career assists, for a total of one thousand four hundred thirty five points. Uh, add on to that, one hundred forty seven playoff games with seventy two goals. 69 assists and 141 playoff points. So, um, you know, I mean, obviously, and we've known this about Alex Ovechkin for a long time. He's a he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, yeah, they're, no they're putting him in without even thinking about it. Um, and Gretzky, so how many goals does Gretzky have? 892, something like yeah, that? Yeah, he's about, he's less than 100 away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, like, Ovechkin is now, yeah, about 100 away. It just seems doable. Yeah. Like, it, 
He's got to keep going. Yeah. He's got to do it. Yeah. He, when we talked about this like a year or two ago, I thought, no, Father Time's going to catch up with him. He's not going to be able to. He scored 50 goals last year. Um, yeah. This year so far, he's got 13 in 26 games. So, you know, he's on pace for 40 or so. Yeah. And, uh, you Three know. more seasons of that and he does it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So. Or, or, or five more seasons of 20, which, uh, like, you think of. Think of like Yager late in his career, like even Iggy and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you know, those guys could still, whatever they play sheltered minutes, they play on the third line or something, but they still get PP one. Like mm-hmm. you know, um, I I think he's gonna do it. And Ovechkin's a year, maybe two years older than Crosby. Crosby's now thirty. I think he's one year older. But Six. but they came into the league at the same time because of. I think the, there was the lockout yeah. in 05 or whatever yeah. year it was. Yeah, so. So Crosby's 36 now, Ovechkin's about 37 or so, I guess. So, you know, I mean, God willing, he hasn't gotten injured in his career very much at all. Yeah. Like he, whereas Crosby has had significant injury issues. Although, I mean, Crosby's playing like vintage Crosby this year. He's, yeah, he's I looking think he's so only good. getting better. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, it'd be great to see those guys just keep on going in a league where increasingly it's all uh, you know you got a lot of young stars and there's a real sort of youth movement in a way um it'd be awesome to see ovechkin and crosby just go until they're 40 yeah. something they and could keep e- on doing it right they could easily do that <laughs> yeah hey, and who would have thought to like like i remember gretzky breaking that record and like just some of those records just like seem so untouchable and then yeah. here, here we are, like, you know, so many years later, and it's like, we might see, like, no one's ever going to break Gretzky's points record. Like, no. that one's, that I think that one's safe. But, like, to see Gretzky's records, like, slowly go down is, like, pretty, like, it's amazing, especially because that's our generation of hockey. Like, that's the hockey we... Yeah, because when as Gretzky teenagers. broke, you know, Gordie Howe's records and all that, Gordie Howe to me was just like a guy that you'd heard of. He was, you, you know, he had some old throwback hockey cards or whatever. Yeah. Like you read about him in your hockey history books or whatever. But he was, you know, I never really saw him play. Um, even maybe like in the late 80s, wasn't he still playing with Hartford or something? Or that was early 80s. But uh, uh, regardless, anyway, pretty cool uh, Ovechkin's kind of making a run of it but you know what's coming up here randy before too long we're into december now um as you well know and uh december means you know one thing in hockey uh world juniors they're coming right up and guess where they are they're in, in halifax the Mar- yeah they're in yeah. the maritimes yeah. uh sid's uh back in sid's backyard there um yeah, it's going to be split between Halifax and Moncton. Halifax will have the all the medal games and whatnot. What's their rink like there? Um, well, it used to be called the Halifax Metro Center. I believe it's now called like the Scotiabank Center or whatever. It's uh, right downtown Halifax, Brunswick and something or other street. And Carmichael, Brunswick and Carmichael. And it's, um, it seats about nine or 10,000. I think I think it's nine thousand something, and maybe they have an ability to put in some extra seats or whatever. 
Um, and you know what? Like the Mooseheads, that's their the of the QMJHL. That's their home rink, and you know they draw pretty well for a Q team for sure. Um, and they'll you know in the playoffs and whatnot, they'll sell it out. Um, and I, I I don't I don't think that they'll have any problem selling tickets for the World Juniors. In fact, I saw a meme just the other day uh, <laughs> uh, no what was it okay so th this is always great radio when you describe memes that you've seen <laughs> but, but it was like a kid at a computer selling world junior tickets for four thousand bucks or whatever because yeah. apparently there's like a quite a oh it's a hot, hot ticket yeah well yeah. i guess in contrast you know because of the world juniors getting canceled last year and then they had to do them in the summer in edmonton and like nobody was there. nobody was there yeah. and like tickets were still super expensive like they didn't knock yeah. down the price just to get people in the building yeah. um so we might actually because also when the world juniors were uh canceled that was in in the bubble i think right there was no fans if i remember um, correctly like the Cole, ones that were going to be this time last year, like, like Cole Christmas Perfetti, Edward. remember? Like yeah, yeah. Owen no, Power? there were fans, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, um, it just again, like that. That I like. I remember watching those. That was classic World Juniors. Cole Perfetti and Owen Power were t like just tearing it up, and it's yeah. like, and then it just was canceled. And yeah, it's that like, sucked oh. so much. And then, um, you know, uh, but I, I think, yeah, you know, knock on wood, it should go off without a hitch this year, and. Uh, yeah, like the the main thing that I like about going to the Maritimes, I mean, I like it for a number of reasons, but um, it's back in junior rinks. Like it's yeah. been in NHL rinks. It, well, whenever I, it's in it's North been, America, I mean, yeah. they have it in Edmonton and Toronto and wherever, and it's always like in these big NHL rinks. And I kind of really like the idea of having the world juniors in – cities that are like junior cities yeah. you know small barns where the you know it's packed to the rafters yeah yeah, yeah. and like there's uh, so many cities across canada you know like think of it when it was in saskatoon they they like set at the time the record for yeah. tickets and all the rest of it and it was in halifax years ago mark andre fleury was uh, and I, I was sid on that team maybe as well uh as a, like a 16 year old or something um and uh, that was the year Marc Andre Fleury. He had the yellow pads. Yeah, and yeah. He flipped out the puck off the back of his own defenseman and yeah, and, and, yeah. and then that or something. That like one that. still hurts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, they they do uh, occasionally move it around, and you know, you think like, yeah, like why wouldn't uh, Red Deer have it, or why yeah. couldn't um, you Let's know bridge. Kelowna or wherever, yeah, like Cam all these, loops. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Victoria, even. Yeah. 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 So. So I think is Shane Wright potentially going to the road? It juniors? sounds like he is. Yeah. Uh, uh, last night on uh, Hockey Night in Canada, I caught uh, Merrick and Friedman talking there, and Merrick said it was all but a sure thing that Shane Wright was going to be given the green light to go. So that's kind of exciting for Team Canada. And there's going to be one other NHL guy who plays for Phoenix, Gunther, I think his oh, yeah. name is. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like he'll be at the tournament as well. So um, other than that, yeah, it's always kind of like, honestly, a bit of a 
surprise or mixed bag to me of who Team Canada is going to be because a lot of the guys I don't I don't follow Junior that closely to know. I know Carson Lambos should be on the team. He's a Winnipeg Ice player, and of course Connor Bedard is going to yeah. be on the team. Um, He's tearing it up this year. Yeah, he obviously. is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think? Uh, you know, let's get serious here for a second. With the Hockey Canada, uh, you know, still yeah st- stuff lingering. The, do you the think we're cloud. gonna? You think we're gonna see? Uh, you know, potential less viewership or less people interested in the World Juniors, or, mm-hmm. or you know, do you, what do you think? Like that that stuff's still lingering, and you know, there's been no you know real update, I guess, uh, you know, in the last little while. But it's obviously still still um, to to be figured out. And Hockey Canada, like I, I guess, I think coming up, they're announcing their new board or something. Maybe yeah. there's going to be something announced prior to that to. To you know, um, yeah, I wonder. Right, the ship, I guess you could say. But do you? What do you think? Is there? Is do you think that'll affect um, your your viewing experience, or or is it? You know, it's the holidays, and that means two things. You know, getting together <laughs> with family and and watching we'll watch World hockey. Juniors. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think for myself personally, I'll I'll be tuning into all of Canada's games and the odd other game you know you're sweden finland and uh, that kind of thing so um yeah i i i don't know that it'll affect it other than all those teams pulled sponsorships from hockey canada right so it was like they had tim hortons and all the big sponsors all dropped and so now what? Like, are they just not going to show commercials for those companies during the broadcast? I, I highly doubt that. That you know, uh, I guess they just the commercials just won't have like the Hockey Canada logo in it. Yeah, so it'll definitely be interesting to see. Uh, you know what kind of effects that might hold on the tournament this year. But uh, yeah. I guess still looking forward to watching some good hockey over the holidays. For sure. And so we've got a special guest coming up. He's, we've had this segment before. It's called Talk and Watch and Hockey with uh, Vince, uh, Vinny Toucans, as we like to call him. And that's going to be coming right up after the break. We're going to throw to a song here. This is Jeff Rosenstock. Uh, it's actually a, a duet, I guess you could call it. Uh, and uh, anyway, the song is a Neil Young cover called Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. And so it's Jeff and Laura with... Uh, yeah, everybody knows this is nowhere. I think I'd like to go back home and take it easy. There's a woman that I'd like to get to know living there. Everybody seems to wonder what it's like down here.
right, so we're back. That was uh, Jeff and Laura and a little tune called Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. Of course, we're right here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. You're listening to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. And we're about to uh, jump into our little segment here called Talk and Watch and Hockey with Vince. And Vince joins us uh, here on the couch. Uh, how you doing today, Vince? I'm doing pretty good. How are you right. guys doing? Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, we're watching hockey while we talk hockey. Uh, we got the San Jose Buffalo game on, and Buffalo. Well, they're just lighting it up this year. Vince, uh, as we as the listeners might remember from the last time we did this segment, this this whole segment's about you know what to watch for in in hockey uh, and how Vince watches hockey, which, as you mentioned in the first segment, is a little different than uh, maybe your average uh, hockey watcher. But uh, what what do you got on the menu for us today, buddy? Yeah, so um, so I think we'll stick to. It's going to be a little less stat focused. I feel like I was too talking head in the <laughs> talking head watching hockey segment. So it's going to be a little bit more anecdotal, um, just kind of like watching stuff. And uh, so it's like five things that I've been I was watching and thinking about, and I'll throw it out to you guys. So see what you think about it. For but. We kind of set up last week or last time as players, so I'm going to kind of stick roughly to that format. So my first player that I was watching is Tomish Noshik. Mm. He's a fourth-line center for the Boston Bruins. He was in Vegas for a number of years. He was an expansion draft from Detroit. I knew him playing in Detroit. I watched him win the Calder Cup in 2016 with the... Grand Rapids Griffins, and he was a number one center with the Grand Rapids Griffins. They had Todd Bertuzzi on that team. Um, whatever. One of the Eugenie, Eugenie Shnefnikovs. I can't say that name. Svechnikov? Yeah, there we go. It's like, maybe it's my mustache. I cannot say it. But yeah, so. That's just a case of Don Cherry is yeah, coming yeah, yeah. there. He was a Russian. But he played with the Winnipeg Jets last year. And so, like, he was, he's on this team. He's number one center. Can't make it with Detroit Red Wings. Gets picked up in the expansion draft. Goes to Vegas. He's on the fourth line with Reeves and Carrier. And, and suddenly he's, he's with um, the Boston Bruins. And he's an interesting pickup because... The reason why he came to mind is I'm watching this Boston Bruins game. I think it was against Buffalo. It's overtime, and their fourth-line center, Tomasz Noshik, is on the ice to score a goal. I think he was on the second shift. And some of it might be just the lineup at the end of the game, who's ready to go, but you're not putting your fourth-line center if you're trying to win the game. And they were trying to win the game. And the other thing that was he's, he rang one off the post and, or off the crossbar and out of play. So it got me thinking about that. So that middle six, we talk a lot about um, top six, lower bottom six, but there's that middle six who can get you, who can be on the ice for nine minutes. They're fine. But if you need them to go 15 minutes, they might have to go 15 minutes. And you see that a lot now with some of the teams, you think of teams that went far in the playoffs. I think of Philip Deneau, that line with Gallagher and Tatar during the regular season, and then Lekkonen was on the line when they went to the Cup. Um, you know, Philip Deneau is not, 
He's like, could be your third line, could be your fourth line, might be your second line center. And he kind of flips around. And just that idea of the middle six and who's going to give you that like, you know, nine minutes to 15 minutes, depending on what you need for the night. Well, that's actually interesting Like that you mentioned that he was in overtime because one thing that the Jets have started to do is they start Adam Lowry in overtime to win the faceoff. And then they get possession, which seems to be a bit of a new trend in three-on-three hockey, especially in the NHL. And it's like, um, it's it's all possession now. Like, you even see sometimes them playing the puck back to their goalie just to keep possession and stuff like that. So, obviously, um, you know, teams are, are finding new ways to, to try and win in three-on-three. In, in three. Yeah, actually, there that's an interesting point that you bring up about that, about the possession and starting, like maybe your third line guy or whoever just kind of happens to be your best face-off guy, really. And Lowry, I think, is kind of the Jets' best face-off guy. And maybe Noshek is really good at face-offs. Um, <clears throat> but th- they were talking about this actually on NHL Network Radio recently was was possess- the first shift in overtime, the home team is putting out a favorable matchup to basically try and get the top guys from the other team tired then you get a quick line change in and you have a favorable uh, matchup. Yeah. And, and then that's, you know, uh, a, new, a newish maybe tactic for, for OT. So, yeah, no, that's interesting about Noshek. Uh, uh, he's, so, I, like, I haven't really watched much Boston this season, but, I mean, they're obviously on a tear and they're at the top of the league right now. And so they've got a deep team. And, and I guess having your fourth line center be able to go out there in OT is part of that yeah yeah no just having having this like middle six six concept where you have this center who if you need him to play nine minutes a night he can play nine minutes but if you need if it's a night where you need to rest bergeron you're not like you are losing something but you're not losing so much that you can't just get that guy in for three extra minutes a night you know and it's a and it just kind of it helps them out a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think Andrew Cop was kind of that for the Jets in a way, you know. Um, and then when he was traded to the Rangers, he ended up kind of playing with Panarin on the top line. And now that he's in Detroit, I'm not sure exactly where in the lineup he's playing, but he's kind of probably that top or middle six kind of guy that goes wherever in the lineup. Yeah, like Detroit. Well, they have the Larkin line, which is the top line, so. It, like I was watching tonight, so it's Larkin, Raymond, and uh, Perron was the top line, and then they they seem to have Rasmussen as like that kind of middle, Cop as that kind of middle, and you know they're just kind of moving around. I this is like odd, like finding your fourth liner in odd situations, like just moving into that middle six. Why is an why is the fourth liner here? One of the things that I noticed was like the New Jersey Devils for their first power play, they have Bastion, Nathan Bastion, who's their fourth line center out on their first power play as a net front puck retrieval guy. And it's just like a very weird thing where it's like, here's your fourth line. I was looking up some stuff as I was preparing for today. And they were talking about, here's this team. They have Bastion, Miles Wood, and... Michael McLeod, they call it the BMW line. It's a fourth line, but sometimes it's their second line. Sometimes it's their third line. It's at like nine minutes to 15 minutes. And it's like, 
here they are. They have this very talented team, very puck possession, very moving, lots of flow. First power play, fourth line center, just standing in front of the net. And obviously it's working. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. Like if you would have thought, what, three, four years ago when Paul Maurice, maybe for the same reasons, was putting Adam Lowry on the first PP to maybe be that guy. Um, I guess on paper, you know, it should work, but um, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you got to just stack your uh, stack your top power play with all your, your, your five best players. Um, just stepping back to Andrew Kopp, actually, it's pretty interesting how we heard so much about him here in Winnipeg, and I swear I haven't heard his name once this season. Because, <laughs> like, you know, we don't, I don't see Detroit games. I don't have the NHL package or whatever, but, um, you know, it's interesting how, like, the league, in a way, is very big because for following Andrew Kopp for, for so many seasons, and now it's like I have no idea even if he's even playing. He, he plays a lot. Like, I'm not an Andrew Kopp fan. So when he went to Detroit, it wasn't an exciting thing for me. I kind of find him that, and actually, he fits into a theme that we, like, we could talk about him just as this prototype. Um, but, like, I don't find him, like, he's trying to play a skilled game. And I don't find him skilled enough yeah. to play that game. Yeah. He's, he's kind of like, uh, not necessarily a grinder, but just, he's like a very reliable two-way center who yeah he can score but he's not a scorer you know no for years i was always like darren helm darren helm would be like on like maybe 10 breakaways in 20 <laughs> games and he would shoot or miss wide or shoot it into the chest like he would have these like scoring opportunities but he wasn't a scorer and but he would be out there and you'd be like, oh God, Darren Helms on the breakaway again. Yes, that's just wasting time. I actually drafted Andrew Kopp in my fantasy league, uh, like not high or anything. Like with one of my later picks, he was still on the board. So I thought, yeah, let's take Andrew Kopp. And then he had a very slow start to the season, points producing wise, and um, he doesn't get a ton of shots, which in my league shots count. He doesn't throw a lot of hits, not a lot of blocks. So it turns out he's not a great fantasy player, but uh, he's picked it up in the points department. Lately. Well, and I was like, like there was those two guys that were un, like unrestricted free agents, both picked up by New York Rangers at the end of the year. You got Tyler Mott and Andrew Kopp. And I'm like, I would go with Tyler Mott. Like Tyler Mott just is a different style of player that I think if you're looking at like definitely middle to bottom six as your center, like I would go with a Tyler Mott over an Andrew Kopp. It's pretty interesting, like in hindsight, I like I remember thinking losing Kopp, how the Jets forward depth was going to just take a huge hit. But in a way, he's pretty replaceable. You know, it, like especially watching mm -hmm. the Jets hockey this year, it doesn't seem like we're not like they haven't mentioned his name once, you know, it's like, they're not missing anybody. And that's where maybe, uh, you know, the Gus bus comes in, like, you know, it's, uh, smart hockey players, uh, like in Andrew cops case, he's a very smart hockey player. He gets to the right places. He just can't finish or whatever. And like, he was always a good, uh, riding shotgun with, you know, with whoever Lowry or even Connor at times, or even Shifley or whatever. But yeah, he's not, he's not, um, He's not going to put the biscuit in the basket kind of thing. But it's, it is kind of interesting, like this whole middle six 
uh, bottom six thing, how you could pretty much take players from around the league and and uh, swap them, and they're 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 very similar. Well, and so I was like really happy to hear the words like um, possession and grind come out of Tom's mouth, just because I, that's kind of the theme that I was going with. And so like I've been yeah. talking about this middle six, and then I was watching the Detroit game, Detroit Buffalo game last Wednesday, I think it was. Or was it Friday? But it was like one time last week. And so I'm watching it and Detroit's down 4-2. And I'm like, okay. No, I think it was 4-1. So it's like they're down 4-1. They look sort of lifeless. I uh, had to drive. Like I picked up Alice from water polo. I came home. And then it's like I'm flipping around Instagram and I'm seeing like the cousin's like shootout goal. And I'm like, what the heck happened? <laughs> and you see that a lot this year. We're like a four, one. It's not safe. It's not the safe. Lead is safe this year. Yeah. And so like, it's just like, what's the difference? And when did hockey change? And, and it was actually, it was really weird. Um, it was a TNT broadcast. They interviewed Steve Eisenman at like after first intermission, um, the wings are down a few goals and, and here it is. He's talking about, well, it's a different sort of league. It's a puck possession league. You know, leads aren't safe because defense is trying to hold, like they're trying to be more offensive. It's puck possession. And it's like, well, what's the opposite of that? And that's that grind lines. And like how you don't see that third line shut down. Just like a checking line. You don't have that anymore. You need your bottom six, as it were, or your middle six. You need them to be able to contribute. And yeah, it's a huge part of the. And uh, you know, another factor that goes into that this year, the the no lead is safe thing, and the goals are up across the league, all that kind of stuff. Goaltenders are a lot of goalies are like struggling this year. Some of the goalies who were very hot last year not as good this year. It kind of goes with like the rule changes over the last couple of years, the the crackdowns on, you know, hooking, slashing, all that stuff, cross checking you know, net front kind of uh, business. And and then going back even a couple years before that, the goaltender's gear, they shrunk it a bit or whatever. So, you know, it's not it, it's not really surprising that goals are up. But yeah, the, the comeback thing, that's, you know, you, that's like a puck possession. And I, 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 it's hard to explain, actually. I have no idea. Yeah, but. no, and it's just like, you know, like you look like a grind line, like you think of like, like, are there any grind lines in the NHL right now? Like, there's the Clutterbuck. Well, the, yeah, the Islanders, Martin. Martin. Like, like that, that is a grind line. You can see that as a grind line. You don't expect a lot of goals coming from them. But when you think of, like, who are those third-line shutdowns, you think of, like, Philip Deneau. You think of Jordan Stahl in Carolina. You think of, like, like where possession is much of it. They're trying to get down. With the stick infractions, I just saw the... There was the Johnny Goudreau got an assist tonight in um, the Columbus-Detroit game, and he has the puck, and he's like kind of low hash marks on one side, picks it up, skates all the way around the blue line, comes down the other side around the net, and passes it out front to Kent Johnson for an easy putaway. And it was like, that that's where a stick infraction would have occurred. Somebody would have cross-checked Somebody would have thrown the stick out, slashed it, There would have been a hook, whatever. a cross-check. Ken Johnson wasn't going to live in front of that net waiting for Johnny Goudreau to come around and put a puck on his stick. You know, there would have been something. And it's like, 
as hockey watchers, do you like that? Do you like that there's not a grind game anymore? Do you like that it's all scoring? And I actually, like, we can say, like, oh, no, no lead safe, but I kind of like, I like kind of the scoring aspect of hockey. Um, yeah, it's just, like, it's a different, like, we grew up, I think it's in the 90s, because in the 80s, they were scoring goals all over the place. Yeah, they, yeah. Had, they had the shadow, right? Mm-hmm. You would have the one guy, like, yeah. Dan Bonner in 1982 shadowing Wayne Gretzky, and for the like the miracle on Manchester, you know, like it had like guys like that Esatikinen shadowing people. You didn't have like a shutdown line. You had like shadows. Yeah, it's really in the '90s that you start to see like the like the dead puck era, where you have like just like the grind line from with with uh, the grind lines like Joey Kosher, um, Holtby or not not Holtby but uh, Maltby, Chris Draper. Yeah, um, Darren McCarty. You have like the crash line with like Bobby Halik, in like in in like which which the grind line. Scotty Bowman built it because of that New Jersey Devil crash line. You know, like McKay was on that line. You have these different things, and you don't see that in hockey right now. I think the grind style of play comes back in the playoffs, though. Like you see that, like you see glimpses of. Um, you know, quote unquote, old time hockey in the playoffs because like there's just more at stake, you know, the, this is the long game right now, regular or regular season. But <clears throat> I feel that there's more, um, you know, more of a grind game, like grind them down, like, you know, that kind of aspect I feel comes back in the playoffs. But, but it's, what's interesting about it is it's usually the top lines grinding each other down, right? Because that's where the third, Those that lines middle six, each other out. the middle six is the, you know, like. That's where you get the playoff heroes like Pat Maroon or whatever. Pat Maroon. HBK line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah HBK, you get, Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. Benino, Kessler. You yeah. get Paul from, from, uh, from Tampa Bay last year. Yeah. You know, basically it's him that wins against uh, against Toronto in the first round. You know, it's like he's scoring key goals. Yeah. You have, like, Lars Eller as your third-line center. You know, like, you, you just, like, yeah, well, you need that like, diverse scoring in the playoffs because yeah, there is the grinding. Depth. There's, like, that stalemate. Yeah. But if you don't have auxiliary scoring, you're not, you're not going to win. Yeah. So I don't know if we got off track here or whatever, but no, no, we're stacking. So, okay, we're, we're on track. We're in. We, we had no check, and then we kind of went off yeah. on a few different tangents. No, no, the what's the ne- four one, the four next? one disappearing was part of okay, it. Okay, okay. So so then so then um, so one of the things was just falling with Miles Wood. Miles yeah. Wood is like that third line, fourth liner for New Jersey, and yeah. I just watch schools, and he's a guy that does not need to touch the puck to score goals. Yeah. You know, like, there's guys that... have an impact on the play. No, no, he'll score a goal without touching... The only time he touches the puck (laughs) is when he's putting it into the net. Oh, okay. You know, and it made me think, like, who are those... You see lots of possession, and you see guys that need it, you know? Like, we play with hockey players that they need to dust it, they need their name on it, they need to, you know, to feel the puck before they can score. And then there's some guys in the league that are just like, like the puck comes to them and it's in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah. And so like Miles Wood is like, he's, he's just like scoring goals. And I'm like, like Shifley seems like, Shifley wants the puck a bit more, but he does seem like a guy that he doesn't need the puck to score a goal. Yeah. It, it can just be around and all of a sudden it gets to him and he and can he shoot. And he puts it in the back. Yeah. yeah. 
Kyle on the Kyle Connor on the other hand, I I feel like he needs the he needs to feel that puck around. Yeah, yeah. And probably like the guy who's making the guy who doesn't need to touch the puck to score goals right now in the NHL is is Jason Robertson for the oh, Dallas yeah. Stars. He's, he's lighting it up too, hey. Like, well, he scored that goal and he street he blocked the shot and went all the way down to the other end and all he did was go backhand to forehand to the back of the net. And it was just like, he didn't skate with it. He didn't have it. It was just like, it's in the back of the net. And like, that's incredible. Like guys that are just like, can move their body to the play. So when they get the puck, it, they can shoot it in. Yeah. Line A scored that goal against the Jets where it was like that cross ice onto his forward hand. Yeah, like, he doesn't need a lot of time and it's to like, hold on to the All of a sudden he's just... like, I miss Liney. Yeah. I saw, yeah. I was watching him tight. He look he's such a nice skater. He's like a giraffe out there. Yeah. He's a beautiful giraffe out there skating. <laughs> he's a weird looking alien dude though, he is, but yeah, he's he's unique and uh he's had a lot of injury issues this year, so hopefully he can kind of get back and just, you know, get rolling because um, it's always fun to watch him. Just he scores. That's just what he does. You know, Miles um, Wood, speaking of him, he's not a bad fantasy player. Uh, listeners out there, if you're uh, looking for a waiver wire pickup, you might be able to find him. I scooped him up uh, for, you know, nothing on the waiver wire. And he um, yeah, he adds hits, blocks, shots, and he scores the occasional goal. Um, yeah. All right. What do we got next there, Vince? So, so I'll go, you said, Hey, I hope we're talking about Sabres. We're watching the Sabres, Tage Lemieux, Tage Thompson yeah. scored a goal tonight. I want to just say the Sabres are kind of my new, like quote unquote favorite team. Like I'm a Habs and a Jets fan, but I've been loving the Sabres. Well, and I, I just want to mention Tage Thompson just for one reason, which is like one of my favorite things to do is like the trade tree. It's just like, how did they get there? And so Tage Thompson is, he is the Ryan O'Reilly trade. He's the, he's the prospect that they threw in for Ryan O'Reilly. There was talk that they wanted Cairo instead of Thompson. And St. Louis was like, you can't touch Cairo. Thompson was a bit of a bust, took him a little bit longer to get to the NHL. It was a higher draft pick. I think he was 16th overall where Cairo was in the second round, but... Yeah, no, it's just fun. Like I was looking at the 2016 draft, and I was like, Chikrin was a was a Detroit draft pick. Like I think he was like, I think he was the thank you for taking Datsuit's contract draft pick, and it's like to get him off our books. Mm-hmm. And so like Detroit gives him Arizona does the scouting and drafts him. But it's like just for hockey watchers out there. If you're killing some time, go into those draft like, like go into those trade trees and be like, how did this guy get here? And it's always sort of interesting. Well, even with Buffalo, like consistently, probably the last ten years at least for me, like because they're always so active in the off season that I always feel like, oh man, like this is their year. <laughs> it's like it always, and then they usually get off to a hot start. Like I remember, like you know, they're seven and one or something and like this year like they kind of went super cold but uh they play exciting hockey like and owen power and rasmus Dahlin and and uh peyton krebs who was on the winnipeg ice and like it's it's a it's a exciting hockey and obviously that tage thompson uh 
backhand uh, toe drag, you know, into the slot. Like, mm-hmm. that goal he just scored the other night. And there's Casey Middlestat there, the guy who couldn't do one chin up. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, are you watching a lot of Buffalo? I do watch Buffalo. I mean, like, one of the things I think with, like, Buffalo is in the Eastern Conference, so if I'm watching a, an early game, they're usually there. I'll watch them. I watched that game against Detroit. I had to go back and watch the third period to see how Detroit scored all the goals to get back to a shootout. Didn't watch the shootout. I'm not always a big shootout watcher, but yeah, no, I am watching. I am watching yeah. a bit of Buffalo. Dylan Cousins is a name you forgot to mention in that list of Sabres, and he's uh, the workhorse from Whitehorse from uh, World Juniors a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, he was a guy who I think he was like a relatively high draft pick, you know, and lit it up in World Juniors um, and then kind of had like he, he this is now his third year pro, I think. And first year two, uh, not a lot, you know, like it was it wasn't easy for him, but he's he's scoring this year and he's he's now at approximately a point a game. Well, they had the, the whole Jack Eichel uh, debacle, yeah. um, but also their new coach. Like, this seems to be their coach now for the next few years, like this Granado guy. Like, because over the past, like, you know, they would make these drastic moves and then they would, like, almost tear it down and then start up again. So, uh, got, like, these young, uh, Jeff Skinner, you know, like, all these guys have kind of been through a lot like it's almost like a reset almost every year so maybe this is now the core uh, jack quinn even there too um you know maybe there's going to be some consistency now that they can build upon for the next couple seasons well and i guess it just shows it's not quick right like yeah. it takes a very long time to get the right mix and sometimes sometimes your right mix might mean the western conference finals once Right. Yeah. Like it might mean that that's the height of what your right mix means. Yeah. And, and then you have to do it again. Um, I've been watching orange pants, too. Hey, oh. those reverse retro orange pants for the Anaheim yeah. Ducks. Oh, oh, it's just like you like those. I colored pants with the piping, like the stripes on the side. I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> it's like San Jose tonight. But this is their regular jerseys this is, with yeah. their green pants or the teal pants. They're beautiful. Those orange pants with like, I think they had black, white, and orange stripes on the side. Like they were fabulous. I'm not a, a lot of the retro reverse jerseys, uh, or I said it backwards, I think reverse retro jerseys. A lot of them I I do like, but the um, the Anaheim ones, I'm just not a fan of. I was just the orange You know, pants. and the Detroit ones with the black striping. Yeah. I don't like those either. No. Um, I thought that I did, and then I saw them in action, uh, and I was like... I don't think Stevie Y cares. Yeah. Like, both years in a row, he's just like, I do not care about this. Like, (laughs) do what you want. And then you have Buffalo that has, like, just, like, they should be wearing, like, like roller hockey pants. Like, they just have, like, a roller hockey kit. The same thing with Tampa Bay's jerseys, like, roller hockey kit. They look pretty nice. Two quick things, and we'll get Vinny to throw to a song, and then maybe we'll bring Vinny back for the last segment just to, to you know, uh, wrap things up. But I remember uh, maybe when we were recording uh, Talking Hockey in the bunker, I think we had a conversation about if Detroit would ever add a third color to the uniform, what, it, what would yeah. it be? And 
apparently it's black. <laughs> um, and then in, in response to Vinny's uh, with the orange pants, um, answer this question for me, Vinny, and then throw to your song. What would you, like, if you're wearing orange pants, are you buying orange pants or are you getting, like, the pant covers? Because I, I could find the pant covers to be maybe, like, a little bulky or something. I've never used them, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I had this thought about it because I was looking at, because we have the main black bears, um, jerseys for the garage league. And so you can get either the pants or the shells online. And I was like, I need new pants. Like five years ago, I needed new pants. And so I'm like, Hmm, I would go, I would go pants over shells. My brother yeah, wears the shells. You don't put them just over over pants do you like they you go can. just like yeah you it's can. like they're like uh it's like a uh, the gear like the padding in like a mesh or something then you put the shell over it or something no i think you like i think some of the nhl when they're wearing fancy like i i noticed it one time with uh a few years ago with vancouver they put like you could see it slide up and they had yeah, their blue pants underneath. underneath oh and huh. so like sometimes it can be you can buy just like like a girdle yeah. Yeah. and wear the shell over top. We had one guy on our three on three skate. He had to like, he was wearing a shell and he said it was like, he had to because his pants were so old and falling apart. The ref wasn't going to let him play in those pants. <laughs> so he basically put a shell over top, which is basically what my brother is doing right now. He has, he had uh, he got, in on the buy for the Delarine Royals, which was the senior team, was buying shells, so he was able to get in that on that order because he's wearing taklas that we shared as high school oh. hockey players. So, <laughs> thirty nice years one. ago. So, all right. So, uh, what's your uh, what's your song that we're gonna throw to here? Well, so yeah, my Jason Robertson. He's famous in Texas, so I'm going famous in Texas. Scott Nolan. We sing songs. The radio don't play. Famous in Texas.
Texas. Right, that was Scott Nolan with a tune called Famous in Texas, uh, going out to Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars, of course. Jason, if you're listening, big ups. Bud, how's it going? Uh, so we're just about out of time, but we just wanted to touch on one last thing here. Vince, you had one more point that you wanted to bring up real quick, like? Yeah, no, so, my, so we were talking about versatility, and so this one thing that came up is just like, Mitch Marner, he's in the news. He's got a hot streak going on right now, which Nin- is like... 19 or 20 game yeah, point streak. Like the 40th longest hot streak in NHL But the longest of a leaf ever, right. so... But, so he played... I saw him play a little bit of D, and he's good. He can make that pass. He's a creative player. I was looking at his, like... he's He is like 6 feet 180. Kale McCarr, 5'11", 187. So he's not out of size for yeah. D players. So it made me think about players that ha- could move back and could move. The- I lived in Montreal. They every time they didn't like PK Subin, someone would be like, maybe we would play him on forward. <laughs> but but it was just this idea of like, who do you think? And it might be a parting like, who do you think could play a different position in the NHL? I always swore that Carey Price could take off the goal pads and could be a fourth or fifth defenseman in the NHL. Like mm-hmm. at his height in his prime when he was healthy it was just i would watch him skate around or they would have clips of him they would show him shooting pucks and i was like that guy is like athletic enough and smart enough that he could probably just drop the pads put on playing equipment and give you 12 minutes a night as a defense and he'd be great yeah you know, like the Brent Burns and Dustin Bufflin yeah. were kind of like rovers. It's like they could be defensemen, they could be forwards, you know. I think they both have played both positions as well. So definitely like uh, good to have that versatility. So we're going to we're gonna wrap here. and uh, But I just actually wanted to th- shout out one more thing. We talked off the top of the show about Alex Ovechkin. That was just before you joined us, Vince. And Alex Ovechkin kind of got some, some records there with the... Uh, the goals and everything. Uh, also, recent record guy, or not record, but uh, Steven Stamkos just hit a thousand points. He's about to hit five hundred goals, and I just wanted to be like Steven Stamkos. Like, now there's a there's a pretty good player. Hey, those are both guys who don't need the puck to score goals. No, yeah, yeah, he doesn't need to dust it off. Yeah. Or no, Ovechkin <laughs> and Stamkos. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, well, I guess that's pretty much all the time we've got for today. So uh, thanks for joining us here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. And thanks, Vince, for joining us for our segment, Talking Watching Hockey, on the Talking Hockey uh, Show. (laughs) I I lost myself there. But uh, tune in next week. We'll be back. And uh, actually, I think next week, Randy, you're on the road. So we're going to have a a special guest host. Uh, but make sure to tune in. We'll be back uh, right here on UMFM or download it as a podcast. Um, keep your stick on the ice, folks, and uh, see you next time.